It happened last week when you reached out to text a newish friend and she never got back to you. It also happened last month with a friend who went off on a coffee date with a mutual friend but didn't extend an invitation to you. And it happened last night when you had a moment of vulnerability with someone and she didn't respond in the way that you were hoping for. All of these are examples of rejection. And when it happens, it can really sting. But the question is, how do we recover? And how do we cope? In today's episode of the Friend Forward Podcast, I hope to show you how. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Friend Forward Podcast, powered by betterfemalefriendships.com. I'm Danielle Byer Jackson, a friendship coach, educator, and author of the upcoming book, Fighting for Our Friendships. And it's my job to share the science of women's conflict and connection. So when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding these kinds of relationships, I am here to help you through it. So before we begin, you know, I like to start discussions by operating from a certain shared baseline. Okay, so let's define the word rejection. Oxford defines reject, the verb, as to dismiss, as inadequate, inappropriate, or not to one's taste. That's important. We're going to return to that later. That's important to set some context in reframing rejection itself, okay? So we're going to circle back to that definition. Please keep it in mind. Now, there is research that confirms that social rejection is just as painful as physical rejection. They found that when people were being socially rejected, it lit up the same parts of their brain that ignite when we're experiencing physical pain. So I like to start by just getting on the same page and validating. It stings. No matter to what degree, it stings. And I don't care how confident you are. I'd like to think I'm a relatively confident, self-assured woman. And there are times I'm disappointed when I feel like I'm being rejected by others. It comes in different forms, whether with new friends we're pursuing or in existing friendships. But how do we manage our feelings of rejection? I have three I want to share with you today. And I shared two bonus tips, just a heads up, in our private group chat. The link is in the show notes. So here we go. The first is to accept rejection as an inevitable part of the friend-making process. And I'm going to speak more broadly, just a part of relationships in general, right? A person shouldn't be making you feel like a reject. That's something else entirely. But to be rejected, to sometimes have your ideas or positions or attempts rejected is inevitable. The reason I like to start with that is because I think intellectually, we know that to be true. We know, okay, well, I know that it's going to happen in life, right? But I don't think we really hold on to that truth and we become immobilized once it actually happens we start to be discouraged and say, you know what? I'm not even going to try this anymore. I'm not going to do the friend thing anymore. I'm not going to reach out anymore if this is how it's going to go, right? Which I think reveals that we don't always expect that it's going to happen. So if you accept that as a part of the journey, I feel like it empowers you to keep going. You're not blindsided by it, discouraged by it, because you understand it's a part of the package, right? Now, while you should enter into social interactions with confidence, and we've talked about the acceptance prophecy before, you know, this idea that people who expect to be accepted typically are, those who anticipate rejection typically get it. So I know that might at first feel like a contradiction, right? Like, Danielle, you said to expect rejection, but I'm almost speaking more broadly that you know in your brain that it's going to happen in this life and as you pursue people as potential friends, right? But not when you're going into interactions, you're bracing yourself to be swatted away, 
Okay, so there's like the situational moments and then there's just like more broadly that we know rejection is going to be a part of life. So I want to make that clear because somebody on TikTok was like, is that a contradiction? No, I expect when I walk into rooms, I expect that people are going to accept me. I join in conversations because I think like, oh, of course they're going to be entertained by what I have to say or they might be interested, right? I make eye contact because I expect that somebody's going to make eye contact back, right? But the difference is, am I discouraged when it doesn't happen, right? More on that later, okay? But let's let's get into number two. I'm going to encourage you to stop vilifying people who are doing the rejecting. If somebody does not opt in to what you've put on the table, if you're constantly dismissing those people as bad people, I'm nervous about two things. One, I'm nervous that it's reductive, right? If you don't opt in to being with me, then you're a bad person. I'm now assigning ill intent and you know negative motivations. I'm now kind of talking about your character, right? But at the end of the day, you're putting something on the table and asking someone to opt in. Are we not removing their autonomy if we don't give room for them to choose differently than we would choose? If I invite you to hang out, if I invite you to you know join me in a moment of vulnerability and you don't opt in, does it immediately make you a villain? Or do I give you room to make that choice? Now, of course, you know, I'll concede, yes. If a person is saying, hey, let's have a party, not invite Danielle, and then, you know, share it on our stories and hope that she sees it and feels like crap. Okay, I'll give in. Yes, that woman's a villain in that moment. (laughs) Okay, it's quite a villainous thing to do. Okay, but overall, if somebody's rejecting you, be careful of going into language like, well, you know what, fine, I don't, need her if she's going to act like that, if she's going to be like that, if she's going to be fake, if she's going to, you know, but how quickly do you go to assassinating the character of the person who chose not to opt in with you? And how can you reframe it sometimes to see it as something positive? You've often heard people say, you know, rejection is redirection. It doesn't take away from the sting, but hopefully it helps with the recovery time, right? If someone does not opt in to something I put on the table, and especially if that's happening over time, right, despite numerous attempts to reach out and get things going with the person, then at some point I have to see it as the data that I needed to know how to redirect my efforts. If a person is showing me, and I'm not just assuming, it's pretty clear that they'd not like to move forward or they don't want to opt in with me on something. At some point, they're giving me information I need so I can tell, you know what, let me put my head on a swivel and pay more attention and give more investment of energy and focus to people who are pursuing me? Am I overlooking those who have extended invitations? Am I overlooking people who have demonstrated a willingness to get to know me and to spend time together? But I would not have seen it if I continued to only focus on this person who's just rejecting me, right? So something to consider, be careful of constantly vilifying people in that way, because I do believe that over time, it will make you cold. Because if at the end of the day, you either accept me or you don't, and if you don't, you're unkind or shady or fake or mean, because if I continue to do that, then over time, I've built a space where I look around and I see two people. I see those who have accepted me and they're my friend or those who rejected me and they're villains. And if everybody's a friend or a villain, it's it's reductive and it's a very scary world to be in. Okay? Something to consider. I want to go to our third point. I want to invite you to stop internalizing the rejection. If a person doesn't opt in to a text, to making plans, if they don't opt into a friendship at all, if they end a friendship with you, does your mind immediately go to, I knew it. It's because I'm not interesting enough or cool enough or funny enough. If you already are starting at the baseline of, 
I don't have much to offer in friendship. Or more broadly, you think that as a woman, I don't have much to offer this world. If you really believe that, you're going to see rejection as confirmation of all the bad things you believe to be true about yourself. Now, sometimes this is our ongoing perpetual mental state is feeling like I anticipate not being enough. I don't think I'm enough. Who am I to have somebody else really want to be with me? Okay, sometimes it's a perpetual mental state, but sometimes it's situational. It's going to fluctuate. I'd like to think that since turning 32, I'm now 36, A, okay? I'd like to think since around like early 30s, I don't know what it is, but I feel increasingly comfortable in my skin. I'm not trying to give you some fake Instagram feel-good mantra. I mean, seriously. And when I was in my 20s, I heard people say it about 30s. And now that I'm in my 30s, I hear people say that in the 40s, you feel even more self-assured and confident and sexy and intelligent and, and, and bold and all those things. So I can't wait for 40s to see what they're talking about. But despite that increasing confidence, there are still moments where I feel unsure. It depends on the environment, the event, sometimes the audience, like the person I'm, I'm sitting at the table with. In that moment, I might feel like in this situation, I don't feel especially intelligent, or I don't think that I'm as charismatic or accomplished as the woman at this table. And if things don't go well in that moment, I begin to see it as confirmation as like, okay, yeah, I'm not the kind of girl who can hang with girls like this. You know, oh, I guess I'm not as smart. You see me saying smart a lot, don't you? I realize I'm using that as an example. I might be revealing to you like my insecurity (laughs) when I'm in these spaces with other women who are very accomplished and charismatic and all those things. It's like, oh gosh, do I deserve to be here? But in the moment where I am rejected or a person doesn't opt in with me, we can sometimes trade those as synonyms. If a person doesn't opt in with me, do I see it as evidence that I am somehow inherently repellent? something to consider. Now, I want to go back to this definition that we said. Remember I told you we'd circle back? At the top of the episode, we shared the definition of reject as to dismiss as inadequate, inappropriate, or not to one's taste. Many of us experience rejection as only the first part of that definition, inadequate. It must reveal that I'm inadequate, not enough. But to reject can also be not just because of inadequacy, but something being inappropriate. So I reject it because it's inappropriate. Inappropriate means it doesn't fit. If a person realizes that your personality, your humor, your goals for friendship, they're not aligned, so they reject it because it's not appropriate, meaning it's not a fit. That's not necessarily descriptive of you as a person or your capacity or your worth, but the fit is inappropriate and perhaps they recognized it before you did. And it's not necessarily a statement or a testament to your lack of worth or competence or your ability to be loved, right? Just keep that in mind. And I think it'll help you to kind of manage those feelings of rejection. So here we go. Now I have two bonus mindset shifts that I've shared with the group chat link in our show notes. But in the meantime, let's look at our call to action, okay? As your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. I want to switch things up on you. Right now, I'm speaking to you and putting you in the perspective or the position or the POV of a person who has been rejected. But in an effort to help you manage feelings of rejection, allow me to pop you into the role of the rejector. Because whether you know it or not, you have been that person to someone. Whether you intended it or not, you have dismissed something as not a good fit for you. You have dismissed something because it wasn't to your taste. So what I'm going to ask you to do as an exercise is to think about a time when somebody reached out to you and you didn't respond or you didn't respond in a timely manner and you weren't doing it because you didn't like them. I want you to think about a time 
when a friend shared an opinion or position with you and it did not align with your own and it was difficult for you to kind of reconcile those two worldviews and you found yourself kind of withdrawing. I want you to think about a time that you hosted a dinner or some kind of event. Is it possible that there's somebody who did not attend who's in your social circle who could have interpreted that as rejection? not having gotten an invite to that thing that they saw you go to and post about with three other people. If we can more readily access memories of us being in the seat of a rejector without malicious intent, I believe it will help us to more easily cope with the times we're rejected because we'll be a little less likely perhaps to internalize it, to become immobilized by it, to become hardened by it. Just a perspective shift. Okay. If this is something that's been especially difficult for you or you want to talk through it, you know, you can reach out to us on Instagram at friendboard or visit us anytime 24 seven at betterfemalefriendships.com. Until then, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you on your ongoing journey toward better female friendship. Until next time.